Here's what's coming up on today's show. Think about it like this. If you don't invest well and you don't have any money, then you don't have anything to pass on. But if you invest well and have all this money, but you totally screw up how you pass it on when you're gone, again, you know, they both rely on each other. Do you know what will happen to your loved ones when something happens to you? If you don't know the answer or don't like the answer, then this is the show for you. Listen up as we teach you about protecting your family legacy through better estate planning. Our family is here to protect yours. So welcome to the Complete Estate Planning Podcast with attorney Nick Rosenbauer. And here's your host, Ben George. Welcome into Complete Estate Planning. I'm Ben George. He's Nick Rosenbauer, estate planning attorney, and he's the owner over Rosenbauer Law Office. And today we're talking about investing, why your investments matter. And, and Nick, I guess we're not actually going to give out investment advice, right? We're just going to kind of talk about how this plays into the estate plan altogether. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. So I'm no investment guru. I don't even play one on TV or podcast. Um, and actually, before we started the recording, uh, I was talking to Ben, and and it's kind of hypocritical because everyone thinks that what I do, you know, from my desk can be rather boring. But I think investing's boring. Um, I just tell my investment advisor every year, "We on track? Yeah. <laughs> Are we still going to retire? Yeah. Do I need to change anything? No." Do you need more money? Um, I'll take it, and I can always make it better. That's about what I do. I, I just pay my advisor to handle it for me, so to speak. But um, so think about it like this, Ben. Do you remember those Venn diagrams in grade school yep. where they would have like the two big circles that would have like something that would intersect in the middle? Yep. Um, and bet you and me was probably back on chalkboards too. <laughs> yeah. Not even the. They not don't even use those the, anymore. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. My kids aren't old enough to be in like regular school, yeah. um, but it's probably at least whiteboards or smart probably. boards, right? Smart boards. Yeah. Yeah. I guess those exist. I don't know. Yeah. Do you remember the overhead projectors? Oh, love. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. With the clear uh, see-through sheet that you would put like a <laughs> marker on. And then those those bulbs got hot. Yep. <laughs> if you ever sat right next to the overhead projector, you would cook. Um <laughs> And then I don't know, Ben. If you did, you ever have ones in school where they would, um, like, the teacher would would make kids go up and like write examples on the projector. And you did you ever write on one of those projectors? Yeah. Oh yeah. They if you put your hand on the glass and like rest your wrist on the glass while you're trying to write, that burns. <laughs> you, you do that like one time, maybe two. But uh, yeah. But anyway, so I'm sure this has taken a whole lot of people back, but investing obviously is within the Venn diagram uh, of estate planning, as is taxes, as is you know someone's long-term health and things like that. So it's something that you have to know enough about uh, what's the phrase you have to know enough to be dangerous mm-hmm. um, without without managing or recommending investments uh, but a good estate planning attorney has to know what to look out for and, and we'll go over some things maybe just for the you know families and the general public what they should know and why their investments you know play into the structure and the decision making for the estate plan. Yeah, when you when you explain the, the Venn diagram, and I can kind of picture it now, um, <laughs> you know, with the tax planning in, in one circle and investing in another circle and all these things. And in the middle, though, everything connects with the estate plan. 
So that makes a lot of sense when you lay it out like that. So that'll be the plan today. Again, if you have questions, uh, you can always schedule a meeting with Nick. Just visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. On there, you'll find a big orange button in the front where you can schedule that consultation for your family. Uh, you can do that there. Plus, we put all the podcasts there. and There's other free estate planning resources on the website as well. All right, Nick. So, you know, we know and we talk about this a lot, why it's important to work with a attorney that specializes in estate planning. But it's like that for other areas of of your life, too. You want to work with a CPA for your taxes. You want to work with a financial advisor for your investments. And we know that all these professionals should, you know, quote, stay in their own lane. Right. But all the work they do, to your point, is interconnected. So we want to talk about these investments and, and why that money matters for the estate plan. So beginning things, um, you know, the whole goal of investing is to build your wealth, right? That's the whole goal, growth. So the amount of money that you have does matter for the estate plan. Well, exactly. And think about it like this. If you don't invest well and you don't have any money, then you don't have anything to pass on. But if you invest well and have all this money, but you totally screw up how you pass it on when you're gone, again, you know, they both rely on each other, don't they? So, um, you know, think of it like a team, you know, you have a quarterback and, you know, he doesn't do very good, you know, speaking of Joe Burrow here and our, you know, shout out to the Bengals, he can only do so good if he gets sacked 27 times and he's always running for his life. (laughs) Um, But the offensive lineman, if there's no quarterback behind him, you know, they can block people all day. It's not going to do you any good. So, you know, just like that, it all kind of works together. You know, when you have a set of professionals who are smart, know what they're doing, and everyone's on the same page, we can all be working, you know, running off the same playbook. You know, the first thing, and this is probably something, Ben, that that most people, you know, would consider common sense, but, you know, from an investing and estate planning kind of interconnecting, obviously the amount of money that you have matters, okay? So it impacts a number of things. The biggest one um, is the size of the inheritance you know, that you leave to each beneficiary. So obviously, you know, the, you know, we need to consider the, uh, the impact of what you leave. And, and Ben, obviously you would have a much different thought about leaving, you know, $10,000 to your daughter versus $100,000 right. versus $10 million. Um, you know, obviously in most cases, the more you can leave for the people you care about, the better. But, you know, there becomes a tipping point where just give them the money, you know, $10,000. Uh, a couple of years ago, I would say could buy them a used car. Now it can buy maybe an oil change. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, $10,000, eh, if you blow it, whatever, it's not going to make or break you. You know, $500,000, which is just like a decent house nowadays with current prices, $500,000 can ruin someone if done wrong. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, you want to make sure, and this is something that I do and hopefully good attorneys do, you know, we, we look through the net worth just from broad numbers. And if you, if you walked in, if you and your wife walked into my office and we went through your net worth and, you know, it's one thing to say, leave everything to my daughter. It's a whole lot different if I said, okay, Ben, we're going to be writing her a check for $750,000. How does that look? Okay, you're going to have a much different thought process for that. Um, And also, I think it's easier for the clients to picture it versus, oh, leave everything to my kids. Well, sure, (laughs) you know, but but at the same time, 
Um, the impact that it has on them, I think, is good uh, to be aware of. And, you know, there's this thing. Obviously, you want to make sure there's enough um, and make sure you're on track. Because um, if you and your wife died tomorrow and there was only $10 to take care of your daughter, that's not enough. Right. Right. But what about too much? You know, they, you hear all these, you know, some of these celebrities. And I think I think Bill Gates didn't Bill Gates say he wasn't leaving any leaving any inheritance to his kids, I think. Or it was one yeah, of those. Maybe. It was one of those. I don't know if it was Bill Gates or, you know, Bezos or something. Um, there is such thing as leaving too much, you know, if it becomes a failure to launch or if they leave it too soon. So you got to be careful. And then in addition to that, you know, I'll have people who don't leave everything, you know, maybe to the kids or grandkids. And they say, you know, I want these gifts coming off the top, maybe, you know, $50,000 to each of the grandkids or to a church or to a charity or to my little brother or little sister. And then the rest of it goes to the kids. Well, you know, if you have enough money, that's great. But if you only have $200,000 to your name and you have three grandkids, the these these off the top is kind of the way I describe it. These gifts to people other than your main beneficiaries could eat up all your nest egg. Um, so, you know, if, if you had plenty of money to leave to the kids, great. But if all the money went to the grandkids because the value of your estate was too low, you know, it doesn't really work so well. Um, I, I do have some people, I'm just going to hit on this briefly, talk about taxes. And from taxes okay. on this one, I'm talking about an estate tax or an inheritance tax. I'm not talking about income tax. So I want to be very clear about that. Um, an estate tax or an inheritance tax is basically a tax on the amount of money either that someone has when they die or the amount of money that someone inherits when someone dies. And for most circumstances, at least right now, that's not a problem. Um, you know, you're talking like, you know, and they and they adjust it, you know, with decimal points to inflation each year. But you're roughly talking about twelve million dollars a year per person before you have to deal with that. So, a married couple, you know, your first twenty-four mil million will be just fine. Anything above and beyond that. But if you do have that problem, it's a good problem to have. You need to be talking to your attorney and your advisor about that. Um, and then I know people listen to us all across the country, Ben. So there are still a few states that have a state um, inheritance or a state tax. Uh, Ohio's not one of them. Okay, so luckily we don't have one, and most are getting phased out. But if you live in a state that has an estate or an inheritance tax, you need to make sure you take that into account as well. Right. Well, I know when you talk taxes, like I think investing is a lot of what you talk about with your financial advisor, but it will be about how you should allocate your money, right? Should you do more pre-tax uh, contributions, after-tax contributions? Then you got to consider capital gains when you have uh, a huge net worth or any assets that have accumulated a lot of value over time. So I know the type of assets that you have have to play a part in the estate plan. Yeah, you're exactly right. So first off, um, you know, retirement accounts that are pre-tax. So um, think of it as your 401k where you put money in um, and then you get taxed on it when you withdraw it. So that's overdue tax if you think about it. So you didn't have to pay tax when you put the money in. But every year when you take some money out, they tax you on that. Um, 
So that has to be handled differently um, for money where you know tax is overdue or tax has been deferred. Um, so that tax will ultimately be passed down to the people who inherit from the retirement account. And it's not like a new tax. I know some people get confused and think an inheritance is earned income. It's not. Let me be very clear. Receiving an inheritance is not earned income. However, if my dad dies and I inherit his 401k, when I withdraw from you know, what was his 401k that I now inherit, I would have to pay the tax as I withdraw it. But it's not a new income tax, Ben. That's actually the tax that he never paid. Right. Okay. So I'm finishing his tax liability, if that makes sense. Okay. So pre-tax money ultimately requires beneficiaries to pay the income tax when they withdraw it, just like you did, which one, it reduces the amount. If there's a $100,000 401k, by the time the IRS gets a hold of it, I may only have 65000 in my pocket. So that's something to be aware of, that $100,000 is not really $100,000. Um, also, you know, it depends if you have someone who is a high earner, it can mess with their, you know, and, and then they get another $50,000 in income, it could jump them to another tax bracket. Right. So you need to be right. you need to be aware of how it could affect the people inheriting the IRA and messing with their income tax situation. Spouses will get special treatment uh, for retirement accounts over anyone else. Um, so they, they've changed the laws on this uh, back in 2020. Um, so over two years ago. So you now have less time um, before you have to pay all the tax if you inherit money. But if you're a spouse, you can still draw it out you know, in, in annual installments over the rest of your life. So one thing to keep in mind, especially if you're not giving everything to the same person, like if I'm leaving half my money to my wife and half the money to the kids, you can stretch the dollar a little further by leaving pre-tax retirement accounts to the spouse. It would go better for them than if you leave it to um, someone besides your spouse. So something to keep in mind. Um, and then the other one here on my list, actually, Ben, I think you nailed it, is you know, is something that may have a capital gains uh, concern. Um, so capital gains, and my guess is everyone is logging off, uh, all of our listeners <laughs> right now that we're just that we're just torturing them with taxes. So guys, stick with us. You know, I'll, 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 we're almost through the tax lesson, but I apologize. Um, so if there's anyone still listening now, <laughs> Ben. Capital gains taxes are taxes you pay on something that you buy, and then it increases in value before you sell it. So let's say I bought one share of P&G stock at a dollar a share, and I held on to it for 57 years, and now that share is worth $1,000. Hmm. Well, if I sold it, then I would have capital gains taxes on the gain in value. So what, the $999 that it gained in value. Yeah. Um, so if you sell those during your lifetime before you pass away, uh, or if your parents sell them while they're still alive, they get hit with that tax. Uh, the way things are right now, and of course they always talk about changing the laws, but as things are right now, when someone inherits an asset at death, um, all of the, you know, capital gains taxes, um, 
that gets erased, that gets wiped away. It's called a step up in basis. So if I if my dad has a the share of PNG stock and he sells it, he has to pay the capital gains tax. If he doesn't sell it and he dies and I inherit it, I can sell it right away and I don't have to pay the tax on the value increase while he was alive. It's known as a step up in basis. So I talk to people if they're you know, getting older or if they're thinking about selling stock or maybe a business or a rental property, something like that, where they don't need to sell it. Something to keep in mind, um, you know, basically inheriting something as of it, as it is right now actually wipes out and erases a whole lot of taxes that are due. So again, your estate planner should know this. Another reason, Ben, you just make sure you have a good accountant and a good financial advisor who have their finger on the pulse uh, yeah. as well. No question. So that's a big part of it. Uh, we won't talk as much taxes, I think, moving forward now. And we'll put that behind <laughs> us. But um, you know, as as you as you age and as life changes, your net worth is going to change too. Um, that's a big part. It's going to go up, might go down. But I guess you have to be planning on how you how you divide that money up. What's it going to look like if it increases? What it's going to look like if it decreases? All that plays into your decisions. Yeah, exactly. So almost piggybacking on the first thing. Not you know obviously the amount of money you have matters, but it's also moving target. Um, so if you expect that the amount of money you're going to have in the future will change, um, you need to think about it. Let's say you have a lot of life insurance, and you know when the kids grow up, you know you don't need the life insurance, so maybe there's two million dollars less that'll be there. Um, or if you're 30 years old and you're working hard and investing and making a lot of money. You may not have a lot right now, but you could be a multimillionaire by the time you retire. So uh, again, you know, it's something to just keep in mind and revisit. Um, you know, some people talk about, you know, leaving gifts to people other than the main beneficiaries. Um, so in my previous example, where I said 50,000 to each of the grandchildren, one of the options would be leave a percentage. So if you end up having a fortune, then they only get 5%. You're okay. There's still enough for the kids. But if you your net worth goes down, the value of the gift goes down, but it doesn't – it still leaves the biggest piece of the pie uh, to the kids or whomever uh, you choose. So that's something to consider. And then, again, yeah, just, you know, you need to picture it periodically. You know, how much were you planning on leaving the kids? What if that amount doubles? So Ben, do your wishes change if I say there's $750,000 for your daughter? Do your wishes change if I say now it's a million and a half? Right. Um, do you still want to do it? Do you want to do it the same way? Did you want to give some money to church or charity because there's extra to go around? Mm -hmm. uh, what if it's cut in half? What if you only have 300 and something thousand dollars? So again, this is a moving target is what I'm saying. Uh, also, uh, a big one, Ben, what if you receive an inheritance? You know, I have a lot of clients who set this up and then maybe they get an inheritance from a family hmm. member. What do they do about that? And do you want to treat it the same? I've had some people, maybe for sentimental reasons, you know, they want the money to go right to the grandkids from grandma and grandpa Smith, you know, or something like that. So, um, again, something to keep in mind. It is the amount of money like we talked about, but it's also a moving target. So it's something you, may, you want to make sure you're reviewing. Gotcha. All right. Uh, last thing on our list here. 
with uh, with investing is you're going to be opening and closing accounts um, throughout your life, right? Um, just making sure you're going through these things, checking beneficiaries on every account, making sure you got the proper registration. All these things have to happen um, because that that I know the beneficiaries outweigh the will, right? Uh, well, In yeah, some aspects. And, and it can. So so you need to make sure. And I think we've talked about you know, coordinating your assets, whether it's funding a trust or setting the beneficiaries up if you don't use a trust. If your attorney is prudent, he or she will help make sure everything's either registered the right way or the beneficiaries are set up right. But what happens four years later when you switch banks or you buy a new car or you buy a new house or you switch from, you know, Fidelity to Charles Schwab? Um, those new accounts don't magically register or have the beneficiaries the way you want. So again, it's something you don't want to leave behind. Just go back and and if you want to listen to one of our episodes on you know coordinating the assets and trust funding and titling, um, all of that still applies. But something obviously that people can trip up on Ben is is we set this up and then four years from now. You buy a new house and you switch investment advisors, and then your estate planning attorney is not the first person who pops into your head uh, for you to call, and, and naturally so. Um, but again, it's something you know you need to keep a pulse on this, um, regardless of the account value. If you open accounts, close accounts, you acquire new assets. All great information, Nick. I know you have one final tip for everyone as they're considering your investments as part of your estate plan. Well, it, just like a good financial advisor is going to be having periodic reviews or check-ins, um, your estate planner should as well for, for all these reasons that we talked about. Um, and, and make sure that you're reviewing your plan and make sure your attorney reviews your plan and also make sure your attorney reviews your financial situation as part of it. Okay, so have them paint the new picture of what would happen if you died tomorrow um, as you have new accounts, as your net worth goes up or down, et cetera. So again, it's just you almost want to have two financial reviews, like a full one with your advisor and then maybe a mini one uh, with your estate planning attorney. And if your attorney's not asking for that information, give it to them anyway and then make them talk to you about it and paint the new picture just so you make sure that even though circumstances have changed, you still want you know the plan or the movie script to go the way you want. So just just make sure that you keep a pulse on a finger on the pulse. Yeah, good call. All right, if you want to learn more, if you want to sit down and uh, look at your estate plan or get your estate plan started, best place to begin is CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. You can schedule a consultation for your family just by clicking the big orange button on the front of the website. But there's also great resources there. Plus, every one of our podcasts are put up online as well. All right, Nick, we will close it out on that note. I appreciate the time as always. And I'm just thinking still about that overhead projector you're talking about. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I know that that's showing our age, Ben, um, which is, is rough because we've been able to get away with it so long, just being a podcast and not on video. Right. Uh, so no one can see my graying hair and double receding hairline which is fine so that that may have given us up um but who knows um my my you know my guess is that once we delved into taxes everyone's logged off so if there is anyone still listening at this point in the show we appreciate it and we can't wait to catch you next time
Yeah, and if you're still listening, please hit subscribe on the show as well. So for Nick Rosenbauer, I'm Ben George. Thanks for listening to Complete Estate Planning. We'll talk to you soon. The Complete Estate Planning Podcast is brought to you by the Rosenbauer Law Office, based in Westchester, Ohio, and serving the entire Cincinnati area. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Complete Estate Planning with Nick Rosenbauer to find us or visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Nick, and to learn more about protecting your family legacy. That's CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. This show is for informational purposes only and does not provide any legal advice. Information on this show may not constitute the most up-to-date legal information. Please do not act or refrain from acting based solely on anything you hear on this show. This show does not form any attorney-client relationship with the Rosenbauer Law Office, LLC. Please seek the counsel of a qualified attorney before addressing your own estate planning needs.